0: else maybe not directly that you heard this message but fragments of it or nuggets from it that you've been able to glean from because we're all about an extreme makeover business as usual things have changed in our lives and we have to adjust with the, with those changes but today we're going to close out uh this message series uh extreme makeover So right now, let's just go before the Lord uh, and just offer up a word of praise and sacrifice unto him. Father, in the name of Jesus, you tell us in your word in Hebrews that we are to come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may find grace to help in the time of need. And right now, Lord, we need you. We need you even when we don't think we need you we need you. When we don't see danger seen and unseen, we need you. When there are uh, things and places that we can go that can afflict our bodies and our well-being and the thought processes of our mind, we need you. Father, we need you because there are people who are trying to hack into our, our bank accounts and take away our savings. Lord, we need you. Father, we need you today. And let us not be ashamed, Lord, to say that we need you. Oh, Lord, thank you. We praise and we honor you. Now, Lord, I ask that you would anoint the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. Anoint the ears and the hearts of everyone that would would hear this message that we may receive. And as James says, let us be doers of the word and not just hearers only, deceiving ourselves. So right now, Lord... We thank you that you have called us to be not only heirs, but joint heirs with Christ Jesus in your marvelous kingdom. Thank you for the life that you've given us in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. As we often tell you, and it's no secret that the word of God is quick and powerful, as the scripture says, sharper than any two edged sword. And it cuts and it divides this between the bone and the marrow and the truth and the lies and everything else that we are come that comes before us all the time. But we want to make sure that we are using the word of God. And and we wonder, as I said a couple of weeks ago, what does rebuilding the wall have to do with my life that happened so long ago? What does that have to do with me now? But the word of God is applicable in so many areas of our life in fact every area of our life there is a passage of scripture that may not tell you exactly don't jaywalk well but the bible does tell us to obey the laws of the land and whatever we do we do as unto the lord i know there have been plenty of times i've looked in my rearview mirror and i've seen those blue lights should i get upset with the law enforcement no i was the one who broke the law And these are the things that are in the Word of God. So we're going to give you just a few more tools as I say as we close out this sermon series. But today's message is a continuation of two weeks ago uh, from the book of Nehemiah. From the message, This includes me. This includes me. Not one of those messages that you that we want to go and run and tell somebody, oh, you should have heard this, because they were talking about your situation. Well, this includes me because I need God to continue to work on my life. I'm not perfect. I'm not, as Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Well, I'm still, I'm still in this body. So, therefore, I still have work to get done for myself and for those that I know and those who will come, I'll come in contact with. Now, the point I talked about last week, point number one was... Um, Know whether it's time to repair or to replace. Know whether it's time to repair or replace. Now, we can think about uh, the vacuum cleaner in our house or the washer and dryer, the lawnmower, or quite frankly, our automobiles. You put so much money into it and then you realize, you know something, I'm not putting any more money in this. I'm going to bite the bullet, go on my savings, set up a payment plan, whatever it is, but Either I have to repair this or replace it, and we have to make those decisions. But quite frankly, there are people in our lives. There are busi- businesses that we uh, transact with, and we have to know that, you know something? The more I go to this restaurant, I realize the quality of the food is not there anymore. So why should I pay my hard-earned money, and we know that prices on everything is going up why should I continue to patronize this particular restaurant? And I'm not telling you don't go there anymore, but certain people, certain places, if it's not working for you, it's time to replace it. Go find somewhere else to eat and stop complaining to everybody. You know something? They treat you so bad over there. They treat you so bad. Well, why do you keep going back? Why do you keep going back? But then sometimes you have situations that need repairing. Uh, About a month ago, uh, Pastor Winnie and I were going on a drive, and we decided, instead of going to this one place, let's go to this other place. And I said, well, I know exactly where we're going. And so I'm driving along, and so she pulls out her GPS because I'm making all of these turns. And she's pulling out her GPS, and she said, baby, where we're going is in the opposite direction. I said, I know exactly where I'm going. But what she didn't know and what I failed to explain to her is that I was taking the route that I drive when I drive my delivery truck. So <laughs> I'm going down this street and down that street because that's the only way I knew to get where we were going. So for a moment, just for a moment, there was a little tension in the air. And she was like, baby, you, you're going in the wrong direction. She's getting a little flustered. And I and I felt that, so I said, baby, I'm sorry. I didn't explain to you. The only way I knew how to get there was to go by the route that I knew. And once that happened, the situation was repaired. Amen. So failure on my part to explain to her, and then she had to also understand that I knew what I was doing and i'm not I'm not boasting and bragging about myself. I'm smarter than her no way. I'm just saying I had to we had to repair that all right? So we have to know when it's time to repair or to replace so that my second point is coming from Nehemiah chapter 2. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Again, if you use NIV, New Living Translation, the standard King James Version, Amplified Message, we're all going to see words that are different words have been uh, replaced and exchanged with other words. But we're all going to get there. Amen? We're all going to get there. So Nehemiah chapter 2, beginning at verse 9. And Nehemiah saying, then I went to the governors of the region beyond the river and gave the king the king's letter. Now, the king had sent captains and the army of horsemen with me. When Samballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite officials heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek well-being of the children of Israel. A similar situation Verses 18 and verse 19. Again, chapter 2 of Nehemiah. And I told them the hand of God, which had been upon me, also in the king's words had been spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up. These men who did not really know Nehemiah said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to do this. What a good work. Then what? Here comes bad news again. When Sambalat, the Horonite, and Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So my first point, or should I say actually my second point of this message of this includes me is we have to learn to silence our some Samballot's. We have to learn to silence our sand ballots. For example, in the truck that I drive at work, I make sure any time I back up, I roll my windows down, I put my hazards on, but there's a neat little feature in there that the radio automatically shuts off so that I can hear anything that may be going on. It silences all the noise inside the truck. And we also have to learn how to silence Those voices, those people who don't want to listen to what God is telling us to do. And it's not for them to accept because I have to give an account to God why I did or did not do what he commanded me to do. Now, how many of you growing up, whether you grew up in the city or grew up in the country, you grew up in the suburbs or in the urban area. How many of you know somebody named Sam Sam Ballard? Raise your hands. Nobody? Nobody knows a Sam Ballard? All right. I think you do. I think you do. But it's not a common name. We, we, we're finding new names, and if you read enough articles, you'll see the most popular names for children these days, whatever they may be. But Sam Ballard can take on different faces. He can take on different characteristics. But everyone has a samballat or maybe more than one samballat. In this case it was samballat Gershom and Tobiah. And let me give you a brief history on those. These were were regional governors. And they uh the Amorites or sh- yeah that the Ammonites, and the um uh, where is that name? Anyway, I can't find it right now. But, oh yeah, the Horonites, because Samballat was a Horonite. The Horonites and Ammonites had been pushed and displaced by God so that the children of Israel could inhabit the promise or this um, the, uh, the chosen land that he was given them. So they're a little salty. But now here's Nehemiah saying, I'm going to come back and help restore and rebuild this wall. But they are against it. Now, our Samballot's, may not be our enemies our sand may be those people who are so close and so dear to us that we think that no matter what i do they're going to support me and sometimes the people that you love the most will tell you to your face that's not happening remember the last time you tried that you remember how it turned out those are their sand ballots. so Sam Ballot may not be their name. Their, might make, their name might be Mike or Joe or Betty or Sue. But they're still Sam Ballots. And right now in the body of Christ, Sam Ballot has a new name, and his name is COVID. Because COVID is telling us you can't do that anymore. COVID is telling you you can't go there right now. COVID is telling us you need to shut down. You need to close your doors. Whether it's your church, whether it's your business, whatever you're doing, COVID is telling you stop in place until they find a cure. And once they find a cure, it was a funny thing on TV the other day. People are believing that their bodies somehow or another have become magnetized by the COVID shot. So they're taking magnets and putting them on their arms and they're saying, watch, see, there's a metal, there's a chip in my arm right now. And they're like, no, that's the sweat. <laughs> that's all that is. It's just sweat. You can put anything on your arm and it'll stick long enough because they waited and the magnets fell off. But COVID has taken on the name of Sam Ballot. Now, let's 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 let me give you a definition. This is my definition of who Sam Ballot is. Sam Ballot is symbolic of anything or anyone that ignores, resists, suppresses or denies the power or the will of God. Now, some of you, if not all of you, have heard of a Jezebel spirit. I'm not, please, I'm going on record. I'm not trying to start a new wave. Hey, there's a Sam Ballett spirit in the church. No, I'm not saying that. Don't go around telling me, oh, you got a Sam Ballett spirit. You don't like me. You got a Sam Ballett. I'm not telling you that. But this is why I say the word of God is quick and powerful. The word of God is applicable to us today. No matter when it was written. No matter what order they come in. This is applicable because we know people who have told you you'll never amount to anything. You're going to end up just like your mama. You're going to prison, you keep that up. I'm not believing you. I'm going to do what God says. So anyone or anything that denies, suppresses, resists the power or the will of God, it's just like a Sam Ballard in our lives, regardless of what their name is. Charles, Joe, Susan, whatever the case may be. But we have got to learn as a body of Christ to know, yes, we're on the tail end. We we, want to believe. And I admire those who have gone out and gotten their shots. I've been inoculated. So has Pastor Wendy. But we still got our guards up. But we know there's nothing like being in the presence of God and with his people when we say, you know something? I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm not going to let what everyone else saying. Yes, I'll follow the church guidelines. I'll follow the CDC guidelines. I'll do what the governor's guidelines say do. But I have got to be in the presence of God because the enemy will tell you, no, you can't do that. Because, you know, if you go to church, somebody else in there may not have their shot. Somebody in there may not have a mask on. But our intimacy comes from being. Excuse me, let me say this. We can be intimate with God in our own homes. Behind closed doors in that secret place or wherever it is. We can get that intimacy with God, but we get our instructions and we get an anointing. There is a corporate anointing that takes place when the saints of God all come together. And I'm telling you, praise and worship, you know, was was just awesome this morning. Praise and worship was awesome. And I'm telling you, you don't get that at home. You don't get that corporate worship at home. So this is why we're telling you Sam Ballard takes on many names and many faces. So let's look at Nehemiah chapter four, verse, beginning at verse one. And again, I'm reading from the new King James Version. Nehemiah chapter four, beginning at verse one. But it was so but it so happened when Sam Ballat heard that we were re- rebuilding the wall. He was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Verse 2, and they spoke before the brethren in the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? He didn't just say Jews. He said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day knowing that that was not going to happen? Will they revive stones from heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned. Now, Tobiah, and I just kind of rem- I kind of think of like in a comedy sketch. You know, here's um, here's Sam Ballas saying, are y'all going to do all this? Are y'all going to do this? And here comes Tobiah. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and even if a fox gets on it, he's going to knock it down too. And it's just all of this chatter to make us want to break down in our confidence of what God has called us to do. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's what God says it is. And if God called you, God will equip you. If God says you can do it, as the Bible says, um, Philippians 4.13, I can do what? All things. All things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can do all things, not some things. Most things that God gives me to do, I'm able to do. No, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I learned when I was taking college courses that before I took every test and the teachers passing the test out to every student saying, keep your pencils down. And while she's passing out, he or she is passing out the test. What was I doing? I was praying. Lord, bring to my remembrance everything I've learned. Help me to recall and and articulate in words by writing down everything I need in order to pass this test. Don't listen to what other people say. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. But let's go back to chapter 3 and verse 5. Chapter 3 and verse 5. And, you know, it's not always what people say. But chapter 3, verse 5 says, Next to them, the Tychoites made repairs, but their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. It said that the Tikoites Tico, made repairs, but the nobles did what? They would not put their shoulders to work, Of their Lord, so it's not always what people say; it can often be their actions or inactions that say they don't approve of what you're doing. But I don't answer to you. All I ask is if you're not going to help me, just get out, step out the side, just get off to the side, and let me do it. If I have to do it all by myself, that's fine. But I'm going to be obedient to God. But notice it says, who these people were? It wasn't their families. It wasn't their neighbors. It was the nobles. The people that you would think to say, oh, if God says to do this, we'll do it with you. But no, the nobles would not put their shoulders. So sadly to say, just because people say, call you brother, they call you friend. Oh, I am a friend of God. We are heirs with God. We can do this. But yet, the very people who should have been helping them chose not to. We've got to learn very quickly to silence our sin ballads. Now, does that mean we we curse everyone and I don't mean using four-letter words, but does that mean that we we pronounce uh detrimental things over people who aren't with us no we pray that at some point their eyes would be open and guess what when they have a task that needs your help do you do the same thing no we go and we help them they may not have helped us but we need to go and help them and then finally my third point and I'm almost done My third point is to remove your rubble. Remove your rubble. What is rubble? Debris, dirt, trash, junk, all that stuff. You know, and I thought about it the other day. When I was growing up, if you didn't use it, it went in the trash can. Nowadays, what do we do? We get storage units. We have so much stuff in storage. Like, I'm going to use that one day. I'm saving that for so-and-so. Man, you know how much that costs me? And I may not ever be able to find one of those again. But there are things in our lives, and sadly enough, there are people in our lives that have now become rubble. And we've got to learn how to decipher what's salvageable and what's not. Even like my first point you got to know when to repair and when to replace. And we also have to know when to remove our rubble. Now, I could have talked about this point. for. I'll well, tell you what, let me read the scripture. Chapter 4, verse 10. I'm just reading this one verse. Chapter 4, verse 10. Then Judah said, The strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish, that we are not able to build the wall. We we uh we we wake up. We we get that that sense of, you know something I'm going to just I'm going to just take this and I'm going to move this over here. And and I'm going to move this over here. And before you know it, you realize you've just rearranged and cleaned out your whole closet just by moving a few things around. But when we sit there and we think I really do need to clean out my garage. But it's already 10 o'clock in the morning. The day is half gone. I'm too tired. Let me go down and take a nap. Let me me get a bite to eat and lay down and take a nap. But we look at our circumstances and saying, I'm getting weak because there's so much. It's so monumental. Where did all of this stuff come from? It didn't get there by itself. We went out. We bought it. We gathered it. And we let it be there. And our strength fails because we look at tasks and we say, I can't do this. It's too much for me. Well, one, we need to come up with a plan. Number two, and I'm just saying this off the top of my head. Number two, if the task is too big, why don't you get some help? help. And if the task is too big that you can get some help, say, you know something? I'm going to knock out this one corner. Today, and then I'll come back and get the rest at a later time. Because I'm telling you, I've learned more and more. Where where are my keys? Lord, you know where my keys are. And I need your help to find my keys. But no, what do we do? We're tearing up the house. We're tearing up the house. (laughs) where my phone at call my phone 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 where are you Lord where's my phone and I don't know how many times I just get this picture in my head oh it's downstairs and in fact it's a place you normally don't leave it go look over there but we 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 come up with these monumental tasks and we make them even bigger but the problem is uh, or should I say the situation with the children with these Jews with the Jews who were trying to rebuild this wall was that there was an area. Everyone looked in front of their own house. And we read that scripture before. Some were able to help others, but others, some of them said, you know something? I've got to work on the space in front of my house. I've got to get my house in order. And I don't mean that in a selfish context that we don't help other people, but I've got to get my house in order. But I can sit here and I can focus and say, well, brother, I need some help. Yeah, you do need help, but right now, I'm going to get to you. I promise you, brother. And if I don't get to you, call me, text me. I'll get back to you. But right now, I have some rubbish that I got to get rid of. I, got, I have some rubbish I need to get out because if, if you know anything about building the house, the first thing they have to do is they've got to clear the land. And then they've got to lay the right foundation, whether you're going to have a crawl space or on a slab, but you have to have a foundation that is free of all the rubble. The beauty of God is by grace we are saved. God doesn't say, well, when you get that junk out of your life, then you can be my child. God doesn't say that. Jesus said, come unto me, all you are heavy laden and burdened, and I will do what I will give you rest. I know I didn't say that exactly as it's written, but you understand what I'm saying. But it's not so much that we focus on, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? How do I get my life right? Oh, I need to work on myself. I would come to church, but I got some stuff going on, and I got to take care of this, and I got to take care of that. This is a process. And if I would have talked about, and and I just feel like, if I would have talked about this first, we can get up in the morning, and I know I do it all the time. I want to make sure that first thing, above all things, that I acknowledge God. I acknowledge God. You ever have somebody call you, and you haven't talked to them in a while? A while maybe a few days, or a few weeks, maybe a few months. Hey, how you doing, bro? Good, good. Hey, man, what you doing tomorrow? (laughs) It's like know, hey, how you been? What's been going on in your life? You know, are you still at the same job? Are you working somewhere else? Because I knew you were talking about making some moves. Okay, well, good. Hey, look, I know I, I wanted to catch up with you, but I also have a favor to ask of you. But we want to cut straight to the point. It's like, yeah, we all got junk. Like I said, I got my own storage unit. And I got some junk in my storage unit I need to get rid of. But I cannot make the focus when I get up and I pray and I acknowledge God. My first prayer cannot be, Lord, help me to do this. Lord, do this for me. Lord, do this for me. I need to be praying for other people. Because if I focus too much on my own rubble, then that's all I will ever focus on. That's all I will ever focus on. But the people had become weak because they got tired of seeing all these mounds of rubble. During the Vietnam War, there was a group of, of uh, sailors, and they were called Seabees. Seabees stood for Construction Battalion. These were engineers, not the not kind of operate trains, but these were engineers who cleared land for Uh, landing strips for for helicopters and for planes to land. They built bridges and they they performed demolitions and they blew things up. But one of the things that I learned from one of these sailors was that if they had to build a bunker for whatever reason and they only had a certain amount of cement, now we, we know we can go to Home Depot or Lowe's or a hardware store or Call an expert and they'll tell you, well, you need these many bags of cement with this much water, this much consistency, and then you can lay out a sidewalk or a driveway. Well, they didn't have those things. They took any and everything they could. They said if we found a brick, we throw a brick in there. If we found a tree limb, we would throw a tree limb in there because they knew the bunker had to be so big. The guy told me if we found a dead dog, we would throw a dead dog in the cement just to get it to the place of where it needed to be. But the problem is that they knew that they were only in that country. They knew they were only in the war for a short time. But you realize, over oh, a while, when that tree begins to rot and that, that dead body of that dog, that cat, that rabbit, that goat began to decay, that concrete, that cement will become fragile, become brittle, and it will break down. So we have to understand that in our lives, we have to have a firm foundation. We need all concrete. We can't be throwing other things and substitute the word of God with a good phrase. We can't substitute the truth with a half-truth or a white lie. And I never understood, what's what's a white lie? Are there other colored lies? Are there green lies? Oh, you said that? Oh, yeah, you're good. You can go. I guess that's what a green lie is. But in order for us to build a strong foundation, yes, we've got to remove the rubble and not try to put things in. You know, uh, you hear people say, I know I've heard this before. People tell you, man, if you just cuss them out one good time, they'll leave you alone. Cuss them out one good time. I know you're a church man. I know you're a church man. Just you just cuss them out, and I promise you, man, they'll never leave you, they'll never bother you again. Okay. The only problem with that is they ain't gonna mess with me, but they have also saying, you're not gonna invite me to church because you're just like everybody else. So we wanna mix these the this world ideology that if we just say a few words, a few words that we think don't mean anything, that we're gonna help make the situation better. No, speak the truth. Speak the truth. You don't have to necessarily quote scriptures, but tell the truth. Somebody's getting up in your face at work. Somebody, one of your neighbors is getting in your face. It's like, look, we've got to come to some kind of agreement. I'm not asking you to change, and maybe you're not asking me to change, but we have to come up with some kind of agreement. But you want to go get your peace, and it's like, look, can you turn your music down? It's like, no. It's like, I think you're going to turn your music down. (laughs) Right? It it doesn't work that way. If any man be in Christ, any woman be in Christ, any child be in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's part of the rubble that we have to remove. A lot of the rubble that is in our lives, a lot of the rubble that is in our lives has come because of false beliefs, bad experiences, or lack of knowledge. That's part of the rubble. It's, it's, not, it's not that that filing cabinet that rusted and we can't, we can't get the doors open. I'm not talking about that kind of rubble. I'm talking about what we think about and how we come up with certain conclusions. False beliefs, bad experiences, or our lack of knowledge. Growing up, we were taught You do not wash clothes on New Year's Day. Anybody ever heard that one before? You don't wash clothes on New Year's Day. Why? Because if you wash clothes on New Year's Day, somebody in your family is going to die. And I remember one day I wasn't thinking, I I don't know how old I was. I was still a teenager living at home. I remember going downstairs in the basement where our washer and dryer was. And my dad had taken duct tape and he put tape all over the washing machine, to make sure we did not wash clothes. My God is bigger than that. My God is bigger than me washing clothes on a certain day of the week. It's going to cause somebody, how do you put those two together? I don't know. But that was a lack of knowledge. That was a bad experience that someone had because you washed clothes and someone died a few weeks later. That is not of God and false beliefs. We can easily put any one of these things first. We can put ourselves first saying, you know something? I got to get me right. I got to get me right first. Yeah, I got to get me right. But all of us who say we're good at multitasking, well, you need to we need to be helping someone else while we're getting ourselves lo- right. Because if we wait until we're right, we'll never get there. You will help absolutely no one. Even as we share the gospel, and this is, this is an honest moment, have we ever wanted to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone and say, you know something, though? I got the same thing. I got this thing going on in my life. And if they only knew what I was going through, they would say to me, how can you tell me how good God is and you still struggling with filling in the blank? How are you going to tell me I should serve God and I know you didn't go to church last Sunday, but you don't understand why I didn't go to church last Sunday? How can you tell me that Jesus is a healer and your father is a healer? has passed away. But see, that's one of those false beliefs. That the enemy has ingrained into our heads to believe that God is not going to fix a situation. And the devil is trying to tell us that God is not real and he can't fix a situation. Maybe it didn't work out for you. Maybe it didn't turn out the way you thought it should turn out. But that's again... That's part of removing that rubble. So that's all I have. That's all I have. But again, the book of Nehemiah, I found out to be very symbolic of our lives and what it is we need to be doing. We've got to learn, and, and we didn't even cover half the book. We only covered like three chapters. But we have to learn, number one, is... To learn to when it's time to repair or to replace certain things or certain people. I mean, I believe in giving everybody a second chance. Maybe that person's having a bad day. But when it's time, it's time. Because when, it's, when, when we wake up in the morning and we're still thinking about that person, we're still thinking about that situation, we need to make some decisions. And then number two, learn to silence your Sam Ballads. Those people in your life who, who for every good thing they have to say, they they have something negative to say as well. They're not supporting you. And I'm not talking about financially, but it's like, hey, you can do this. If there's anything I can do to help you, within reason, you have to put that clause in there. If there's anything I can do to help you, give me a call. But if they're if they're naysayers, you kind of I heard someone say one time, you're no longer a faucet in my life. You become more of a drain. You're not pouring into me. And I'm telling you, if you can't be happy for me. If you really can't be happy for me, I'm not asking you to go out and get me a card. I mean, if it's my birthday and you don't want to celebrate my birthday, then that's fine. And if you forgot my birthday, I'm fine with that, too. A certain person I love, honor, and cherish has a brother whose birthday was on the same day as my day and would deny that it was my birthday. Every year, her mom would, her mom would call her and say, Did you call and wish your brother a happy birthday? She's like, Yeah. Well, what you doing for Robert's birthday? What you mean? Today is your husband's birthday, too. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. But if you don't support me, it's okay. But when you start talking negatively, and as as the scripture said, the nobles refused. They did not put their shoulders to do the work of the Lord. Okay. Thanks, but no thanks. Love you still, and you know where to find me. And then finally, we have to learn to remove that rubble. Remove that rubble. Get those things out of our lives. Search me, O God. Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 says, and I'm paraphrasing, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my ways. And if there be any wicked way in me, show me in the way everlasting. Lord, I I got all this stuff in my life. And I don't have room for it. Because we're taught as soldiers. And I won't say we because I'm not a soldier anymore. Not in that natural arm. But a soldier has to learn when they have to go from point A to point B. They have to know how much equipment they can take. How many pairs of socks? Because that's one thing you're going to need is is clean socks. Take care of your feet. How much food? How much ammunition? Because you can sit there and say, all right, there's 100 pounds that don't feel like it. And then you start marching and you start walking and you're crawling up a hill. Then you're going through a stream and you're like, man, I made it. But guess what? You're so worn out by the time you get there, you can't fight. So the soldier learns, okay, one thing, I'm in war, so I need my ammunition. So that's a must. But do I need all of these extra clothes? And we have to look at our, our, the things in our lives and say, what, what can I get rid of? It may be a, a, a mindset, or it may be a, a physical thing. You know that that couch that's got the plastic on it that nobody else can sit on? It's time to take the covers off that couch and use what God gave you. You prayed and asked, "Lord, please bless me with a new couch, but don't nobody sit on it." I'm believing God for new carpet. We got a new carpet, but can't nobody walk in that room. That's rubble in your life. That's rubble And I'm not saying get rid of the rubble. I'm saying get rid of the mindset. So as I prayed earlier that the Lord would anoint our ears and our our hearts to receive what he has to say to us on the day. I thank you, Father, as I pray and we close. Father, I thank you that you said we're two or three are gathered together in your name. You are in the midst. And we say that we quote that scripture so many times because it's true. It is true. And we thank you that there is an anointing present that will cause us to look in the mirror. The word of God. And reevaluate our lives daily. As the scripture says that we must deny ourselves and pick up our cross daily. Pick up our cross daily in Luke chapter 9. Pick up our cross daily and saying, Lord, I've got to bear this. I've got to do this. Why? Because you gave unto me. Now it's time for me to give to someone else, even as I give back unto you. So, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for everyone who's hearing this message. It's not my message, it's your message. It's not my word, it's your word. Thank you, Father. And for anyone who does not know Jesus Christ, these words may not make sense to you, but God will make them plain and simple and open your spiritual eyes if you just have a relationship with him. So ask the Lord, Jesus, I tried it my way and it doesn't work. So I'm asking you now, come into my heart. I will make you my savior and my Lord, meaning I will follow and do what you tell me to do. And you will not cause me to do anything that will bring me harm or cause me to stumble. But my life be glorified through you. So we praise and we thank you, Father, for this, your holy word on today in Jesus name amen. So we thank everyone for joining us, and again, this is the last message in this series on Extreme Makeover, and again, we're talking about this includes me. Yeah, tell somebody else, but let's look at our own lives first, and until you join us again, we thank you, we love you. May the blessings of God be upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. so thank everyone we praise God for you being here on today um, by way of announcements um, we know brother Trinnell lost his grandmother was his grandmother's aunt I'm, I apologize I can't remember um, a few weeks ago and now uh, his mother is going through having a struggle and um The hospital isn't giving him all that he feels like they should be doing. But nevertheless, keep him and his mother lifted up in prayer. All of his family. Um, Pastor Wendy, anything? Nothing she can think of. Okay. But um, keep one another lifted up. Uh, We don't see Sister Thelma today. Uh, We know she's faithful. So just keep the body of Christ lifted up. There's so much, so much going on. I'm, I'm learning, I'm trying. One of the pieces of rubble I have to remove is the television set. And what I mean by the television set is the news. There's so much bad news, so much bad news. Let's keep each other lifted up. Let's stay connected as we move forward. Amen. All right, so for those of you Uh, we ask everyone everyone at this time prepare prepare your hearts to sow into the kingdom of God sow into the kingdom of God And and I'm telling you something right now as a testimony you know I testified a while back about you know trying to get an increase on my disability and that door has not closed the Lord has shown me but um you know, I'm believing God for something else. And so I'm, I've sown a seed. And when I sowed that seed, Lord, I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm sowing this seed in faith. And then I'll just tell you, Pastor Wendy and I are, lo- are looking at buying a home. We've been renting for, st- for too long. And for what we're paying in rent, you know, I, b- I believe this. We've made an entrepreneur millionaire. We're making millionaires into billionaires by constantly paying rent and not being an owner. So I sowed that seed and I said, Lord, I'm believing you that you're going to open a door. And God is continuously opening doors and we're continuing to look. But if you want God to open a door, give a sacrifice. And we don't have room in here for a thousand dollar line, a five hundred dollar line, a hundred dollar line and a ten dollar line. We only have one line. And that line is the line between your heart and God. And and Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. What good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You want to see God open some doors? It's not, this isn't gambling. It's a godly principle. So we ask everyone give something and God will meet you where you are. S- so, Sister Thor- Dorothy, whenever you're ready, I thank God, you know, uh, as I testified testify before, I love technology. I don't wait until Sunday to sow my seed. I sow my seed when I get paid. I go on my phone. I go to my bank account, check how much is in there. I check how much was deposited, and then i, I give back, I return my tithe because I believe God deserves the first fruit, not not date night, I love Pastor Wendy, but God comes first and she'll tell you the same thing, amen, slam dunk, there you go, bro, <laughs> I just want to speak over everyone, um, and this is just a pet peeve of mine. As I said, you know, uh, I'm a delivery driver, and um, I see a lot of craziness on the road, but as the weather is getting warmer and COVID restrictions are being lifted, be careful out there. Whether you're driving in your car or you're crossing the street. In fact, Pastor Wendy and I were going out of town, and we were on 13 headed up to uh, Pennsylvania. Somebody drove off the road and, I, and they crossed the ditch. I don't know how deep that ditch was but they drove off the road, crossed the ditch and drove into somebody's house. Wow. So be careful. Be careful. waiting on pastor wendy oh are you oh okay all right father we thank and we praise you for every seed that was sown father you are so good that you said that you would even give seed to the sower so father it's a win-win and when we give it's given back to us even in malachi he said try me the only place that we can find in, in your word You said, try me. You don't believe it. Try me. And see, won't I open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you will not have room to receive, that there will be meat in the storehouse. Thank you, Father. We serve a mighty. In fact, we serve the mightiest, the best, the greatest God there ever was. So now we pray, Lord, take this seed and use it for the building of your kingdom and bless every heart in accordance with your word and your spirit. Now, Lord, as we prepare to leave this place, we thank you that you watch over us. The angels of God are with us and your spirit abides in us. In Jesus name. Amen.